1: Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.
0: You're listening to Ask Millwall, broadcasting from beautiful South Germany. Accept no substitutes.
2: Hello, and welcome back to another edition of Millwall Lionesses. We have. A fun-packed show tonight. I've been I've been promised by our guests this evening. We're not just one. We have got two special guests. But first, as ever, Michael Avery is alongside me. How are you doing, Michael?
3: I'm very good. Pick up sticks. This episode six. <laughs> hey, I think get a cheeky rhyming each week.
2: There you go. I think you're wary coming into this one, aren't you? Because of uh, you know who who you've invited on. My uh, I, I've I've been assured they've got a couple stories about you. So this, you never know. If something comes out on this one, Michael, this could be your last pod as well. Indeed, indeed. We've had a great run. We've had a great run and I'm looking forward
3: to your uh, new co-presenter after this week, Ryan.
2: There you go. I'll have to put the feelers out. Maybe Harry can step into the void. So, cracking on, our two guests today are your colleagues, confidants. We've got uh, Mr Tom Gale and Alex Russell, who work with you behind the scenes at Lionesses. Good evening, boys. How are we doing?
4: Good evening. Not too bad.
2: Evening all. Evening. Lovely. Thank you both for coming on. We'll jump straight in because I'm assured this will be a, a longer episode than usual. So if you both want to you know, introduce yourselves, run us through your roles at the Lionesses. Um, Tom, we'll start with you. What do you do that keeps Michael
4: so busy? What do I I not do? Um, No, basically, so my official title... Oh, sorry. Uh, My official (laughs) title is, um, I think it is, Head of Media and Communications. So, basically, I just boss these two around all the time and get them to do what I don't want to do. Um, But, no, look, we've been involved. I've been involved with Michael um, for coming on three and a bit seasons now. Um, And, obviously, Alex has come along the last couple of seasons. And really just sort of running the media side of it, the communication sides of it, and the social media, um, and just making sure the whole thing runs smoothly and sort of being the glue between everyone else, making sure the right people are getting the right stuff at the right time. So it's sort of, the role's expanded over the years, um, sort of touch on different parts of the the club, Um, but yeah. Thoroughly enjoy it still. And um yeah, it's good to good to be on here to have a chat about it. Alex. Yeah, um,
5: so I'm one of the, the trio of the media team. Um Tom's go for, as I'm sure he's just tried to elaborate on. Um I'm also, as of this season, the player liaison officer. So um any, you know, any trouble, any questions, queries they, they come to me. Um also recently been getting a little bit hands on at training at times as well. So yeah, it's a bit a bit of everything as Tom said. What what do I not do?
2: Lovely. Michael, um, how good are these guys to work with? You know, we're talking about the the top of the top here. I mean, you've got you've got you've got Tom banging out these uh, signing videos like he's a, a Premier League media conglomerate, and you've got Alex here, you know, pulling strings, organizing match days, giving lifts, talking to training. Now, how uh, how is it working with these guys behind the scenes, Michael?
3: Um, um, no, I'm not going to lie. If I'm going to be brutally honest. It's definitely the uh, top of the barrel um, when we scrape the bottom off a little bit. So you know, it, it's just it's just around there. But, but no, in, in truth, they're, they're a good team to work with. They're a great team to work with. As Tom says, we've been working um, together, uh, both Tom and I now, for this will be our um, third successive season. Um, and as, as Tom says, ev- everything you see from the Mill lionesses is in any sort of um, form publicly uh, will come from one of us three. Um, a lot of the press statements that you see will come from us, and a lot of the external interviews that you see uh, that we do for this podcast, that we do for other podcasts and other channels, um, will will at least be run and sort of verified for us first of all. So, our, our job is, in a nutshell, I mean, the girls do all the work on the pitch, you know, you can't take away from them. But off the pitch is to make their life as simple as possible, make sure they're looked after, and uh, there's no rogue press people who decide I'm going to try and get some controversial topics out because as we know with women's football there can be some controversial moments um, but also as well little things as well that you wouldn't realise that we do. We uh, Last last season at St Paul's we were the voices on the tannoys, we are the people who mediate interviews, uh, we're the team who also um, do pre-match music, post-match music, make sure half-time scores are read out. And and Tom, just, just to go into a bit of detail, I mean, I know there's obviously a bit of a difference now between being in the Championship compared to the division we're in now, but some of the deadlines we had to meet it was enforced, I'm, tell some of the listeners some of the things we had to do with things, just like getting programmes out in time.
4: Yeah, I mean, look, when when we were in the Championship um, a couple of seasons ago, there was, there's loads of things you have to do um, legally from the FA Um, so things like getting programs out so we used to write and publish the e-programs and that had to be out by a certain day there had to be a certain amount of um, uh, social media posts um, that had to be out at certain times Uh, but also we were there in the stadium uh, on a match day making sure that we were liaising with Press from as far-reaching as the BBC, the Telegraph, the Times, those sorts of people, making sure they were all comfortable, got what they needed, delivering them team sheets, producing those as well, um, and generally being the sort of the glue that, as I, as I mentioned before, makes sure everything's happened um, on time and and people had the information they needed, which is obviously communications in a nutshell. But I think the thing, the, the biggest thing for us as a team. Um, outside of the playing part of it. And I know it's the elephant in the room um, mentioning the fact that we are no longer in the championship because of said people with said club that stole said thing from us. Um, But our, our approach has always been that we will continue to be a championship level media team no matter where we are in the pyramid. And we will continue to produce content that is of that standard. Mainly as a two fingers up at the FA for doing what they did, allegedly. Um, but that that is our that is our that is our mentality, and we will continue to do that.
3: Just a, yeah, and one role with media and communications is we listen to podcasts. So apparently, I've got a well-known phrase that I repeat over and over again. you indeed indeed. Uh, so, indeed, 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 um, indeed. But with your role, Alex, so you, you're, you're Thomas talking about holding the uh, being the glue that holds the team together externally. You've you've got a very unique role that. We didn't envisage it until before this season. So there would be times where Tom and I um would be contacted by external sources and we wouldn't know who who would be best for it. Obviously we want to keep um content fresh between different players, we don't want to keep bringing out the same player. Um but a lot of the time you were the one who would say, Well no, for example, Sean would be good at this and then Libby would be good at that and you know Kelly Webster's great, she'd be um she'd be good in this scenario. So a lot of the time you, where you knew the players so well through going to training and match day, you used you a good unofficial link. So tell us a bit more about your role as well. So you've, to a, to a degree, you're, you're very much as well the link between the players and the
5: management and the board, aren't you? Uh, yeah, so I sort of unofficially carried out the role last season. Um, there was, obviously, where we'd come under the MCT umbrella, it was all a new beginning for everybody and any questions that needed to be answered you know, like I say, needed answering. So um, I thought I'd go out there and, and get the answers for them, go between, you know, the, the club, the players, the management, the players, uh, even down to, you know, getting sponsors over to Teddy, who's our commercial manager. Um, so, yeah, unofficially carried it out last season, got to build some some fantastic relationships with people, players-wise, management-wise, on and off the pitch. Um, sort of just naturally fell into it, if I'm honest. Uh, it was the start of this season when the committee, you know, we've spoken about previously, came along. Um, and. Nick Farrell sold it to me as you know sort of the big brother um, of the group so to speak even though I'm younger than half of them but yeah it was just it was it, yeah, it made sense it was a natural fit I'll get, I'll get along with everybody um, I hope and uh, yeah so it's just, it's just going between like you say
2: the players and the club and, and keeping everything together on the inside Fantastic it's a lot of uh, responsibility to be taken on you know alongside the media duties you've got this year It's uh, you know you can, you can see being at, in and around the squad you've got good like relationship with the girls how has it been working with you know the new girls coming in and you know now you've got the 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 squad that have been there from a year how how has it been you know developed working with them and you know the the atmosphere that you're in the months
5: yeah so obviously last year like i said when we come under that mct umbrella it was, it was a fresh beginning for everybody both staff level player level so everybody came in not knowing anybody or if you did it was from years ago nobody ever came in in a group so to speak so um Last season was all about just everyone was in the same boat. So it was, it was quite easy to go out there and, and, and build relationships. This season, the all the players that are retained from last season, they know how the new players feel. So I think it's all that little bit easier for them to, to welcome those players in. um You know, some coming down from higher levels, some coming from having never played before. So there's all different walks of life in terms of their footballing careers as such. But, you know, you know they're a great bunch of girls that there's not, you know, I wouldn't change any of them for the world. So they're all very welcoming and, um, you know, there's no no snobbiness or anything like that. Everyone gets along. So yeah, getting the new girls in's been been fantastic. Um, getting them gelled and, and you know, Katie's working them into the playing squad, so they're getting to know each other on the pitch as well as at training.
2: So yeah, so, um, it's it's been a work in progress, but I'd say it's been it's been a good one. Well, as usual on this pod, now we've got the the, the soccer am you know mimicking uh, the the teammate section. Michael's favourite part of the show, if I'm not mistaken. So, Michael, you've got you've got slightly edited questions for this one. You know, th- these guys aren't players. They've they've got uh, a behind-the-scenes role. So, Michael, uh, over to you.
3: You can include staff um, in this, but also players, Alex, as well. Um, Nick Farrell. Let's start off with a really easy one that's not going to cause controversy. Who's the
5: hardest to interview? Oh, that's... Yeah, I mean, I'm going to give you a couple of answers for this one. So, you've got the hardest person to interview in terms of, as of this season you've got the Millie Carters, oh Millie can I grab a couple of words, oh, I'm getting my eyelashes done on Saturday, um, can, we, can we do it Sunday so you've got, you've got that kind of difficult to interview, you've got the Shannon Drews and the Libby Stubbs of the world who as and when you know you're filming a video interview and you just, you just start laughing because they, they just they come out with something and it just it kills you um, but then also you've got the people that are hard to get a hold of but, um Take three to five working days, like a Hermes parcels, to get back to us. It's, it's a nightmare. But,
3: but who? Um, so who, who's who's the most difficult when it comes to Eva? Here we go. Make it even more interesting. One word answers, or just
5: you think as you're talking, you're just like, oh, get to the end. Um, I'd say from last season, probably Millie Connell. <laughs> Something she needs to work. <laughs> but that on. could come from a lack of experience. You know, you know, she was only 16 coming up, so
4: um, could be quite daunting. Okay. Tom, who's the biggest moaner behind the scenes? I'm including staff. Oh, of course. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll out it. it I, I reckon it's Emma. I have to say, I love Emma's bits, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Emma. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> should we should we have
3: examples or, or is that best for an uncut version in the future?
2: Uh, I think that's for the best, Michael. I think we skip to the next question. <laughs> yeah, yeah we'll move
3: on. <laughs> I think we leave that one there. Yeah, put it to bed. We'll move on. Uh, Tom, back to you again. worst admin. Admin, or like who? Who? Who always is the last to get back to you when you need something?
4: Oh, <laughs> oh I, it's Sean. It's Mister It's Mister CEO. Like sometimes oh, he's banging on. Gunner, sometimes sometimes he's banging on a WhatsApp. He's like pinging them straight back in the emails. Other days he rang me at the weekend. Goes, oh sorry, so I've only just seen this. Like Sean, it was two days ago, nine a.m. Don't worry, I've sorted it by now. It's fine. Mm. Not a problem. Is it, is it,
3: yeah, it's the great ticks on blue. Oh, it's great ticks on WhatsApp. You sort of swipe across the series radio, and it always says at the bottom. Received, not read. Sean Daly, isn't it? <laughs> but no, he's he does a good job. Please don't fire us, Sean. Um, <laughs> so, Alex, who who do you think is the best external media outlet?
5: Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Um, I mean, you know, going on the coverage as of this season, it, it's it's, it's got to be um, no us. Uh, Sorry, uh, Acton, this
4: podcast (laughs) is is phenomenal. Um, Other Millwall podcasts are available.
5: I I think,
3: let's just go with who's best to interview then. Let's end it nicely, including staff.
5: Um, This season, video-wise, I've only interviewed Katie, and I actually haven't ever given her the heads up that Twitter interviews can only be two minutes 20 or less. But if you go back and watch every interview with her, they've been longer than 2 minutes 10 but shorter than 2 minutes 20 without any prompts whatsoever and always first time so i'm gonna go with katie mm.
4: she's
5: got go. an internal
3: alarm ain't she no thank you lads i think we've survived that or um or we'll invite you all to our leaving drinks socially distant
2: <laughs> there you go yeah no um a strong shout of you know call out the ceo for the the lack of replies. maybe maybe he'll listen to this in a, in a couple of weeks time and uh you, you'll feel the brunt of it then but so Tom do we just want to I just want to touch on your announcement videos for the player, the Mm -hmm. sign-ins this season we we I mentioned it earlier they've been phenomenal mate they've been really really good anyone who hasn't seen them needs to head over to the you know the Lionesses Twitter account and have a look at them the standard of them are like I said you know they're they're top division sort of videos what you know what was your thinking behind them and how were they to shoot how were the players with them to be honest
4: I touched on it earlier that we we, we will remain a championship-level media team and our content will stay the same. I think really one of our motivations um, is the men's club, I have to say. Um, Sammy Brough, who a lot of the listeners may know, um, does the video content for Millwall. He did the Troy Parrott video, etc. I think mentality-wise, it's always, you know, I want to produce some content that I would be happy to send to Billy Taylor, head of communications at the men's club. For him to retweet and publish under the men's umbrella, if they were crap, he, well, he's not going to do that. He's, he's going to go. You know, I can't. I can't put this under our umbrella. I can't possibly put that out there. Um, so I think that's the m- motivation that I need. Really, um, is to make sure that it looks as if it's been done by the same people. And you know, we, we've had a couple of comments. You know, asking, is it Sammy Bruff that's that's done our videos? You know, and that's that's congratulations enough, really that it looks similar to something that the club we put in out. Um, we do liaise a lot with the men's club. Um, I liaise with Sammy a lot and, and Billy's almost daily um, on a range of different things, but especially around sort of content that's going out. Um, so they've been a massive help. I mean, the two videos that have gone out, the first one took a lot of planning as Alex saw my ring binder as I turned <laughs> up with every Actually, single scene. I'm plan, to perfection. <laughs> plan to perfection. I am a perfectionist. But um yeah, I think the 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 first one, the main one that everyone's probably seen, um, was just trying to you know, we had twelve new signings. How on earth do you do you do an individual video for twelve signings or do you get them all in one? And then how does it make sense? You can't just have them all standing around and bear Um, in mind this was on like a wednesday or a thursday and we had a game on the sunday so you you had a deadline to work too as well yeah that was it we tried to leave it as long as possible so we knew exactly who it was that was signing um and then it was just a case of we they had a training session in a a half six seven o'clock and then we basically said to them, well you can start turning up from three and alex and i went and shot all over South East London, we went up to Salt Quay, we went out over to Rotherhive Tunnel, both of us get losing two years off our lives, sat in the middle of Rotherhythe <laughs> Tunnel filming cars and getting some dangerous looks from people that thought we were taking their number plates. Um to then, you know, sticking Millie Carter on top of a bin outside South Bermondsey station to get a shot. Um to making Chloe Eastwell climb over the quay into the water nearly, um, to get a shot there, um, all the way through the rest of the afternoon, basically. And, um, yeah, putting it together over the next couple of days. And then, I mean, the other one that we put together um, was to announce Larissa and, um, and Charlotte, and that was just a case of going down to the ground. And it, it's not easy putting that stuff together, but the girls are so good at it now, they they they, they take our commands uh, and they just do it, because I think they now know the quality that's going to come out at the other end. I remember Abby Dell. I mean, she's dubbed me in a couple of times on a couple of things already, but she really, <laughs> she really was wondering. She was like, she was stood in the center circle at the den and I'm making her rotate as I'm rotating. And that took a bit of explaining, but she's then looking at me as if I'm literally mad. And she's thinking, what on earth is going to happen here? What is he made me do? What's going to turn out like? Um, but yeah, so they saw the final product. And I think they all get it now and they get what we're trying to get out. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, that's it behind it. But uh, going back to the main reason it is to make sure it is in line with the men's clubs' sort of content and quality. Um, and you know, there's no point doing the job half-assed if it's if it's meant to be done. So, I think that's the mentality we've all got as a team, really. Not just not just me producing the videos and the graphics and stuff. so um, yeah. Mm. If-
3: it is a very well-oiled machine that that we've got as, as a free. I, I will be brutally honest. And and I am proud to be part of this team. We got good feedback a couple of seasons ago. Again, we got uh, good feedback so far as we go along. Um primarily for um primarily for Tom's content. Absolutely. Um the graphics he does, the team lineups are unbelievable, the work he does. Um Alex as well with his live tweeting um of the games is excellent. We get a lot of coverage there as well. Um, and also behind the scenes, when um, press releases need to be made, you know it's a lot of phone calls to certain outlets that take up probably more time than than people think. Um, here's one I'm I'm not sure about the other listeners. They've, we've obviously got a big thing with um, with COVID at the moment, and whether fans can come back in or fans can, can't come back in. Um, I'll touch on how it's affected uh, my role. Um, within the media team to a degree um, and then I'll ask you guys to see how it's affected you too um, but from from a personal point of view my my, my role within the media team is I'm very um, unless I'm doing podcasts like this with Ryan I'm very much um, in the background so you won't see me a lot or you won't hear me a lot um, unless you subscribe to this as I said but I'll be the one who <laughs> arranges for the press interviews to be, um, to be there so I arrange for external press to arrive Um, interviews get sent out to um, certain outlets Um, I arrange the phone calls between the players and these outlets etc so with what's going on with coronavirus and COVID it's really affected what I'm doing in the sense of it's all very remote at the moment we can't have many reporters if any in unless they're officially affiliated to the club Um, so it's really this whole COVID corona thing has, has really impacted off the pitch as well even to the level of media um, Tom and Alex, um, whichever one's going first. How do you feel it's affected what you've done as well? Um, maybe Alex, with your post match interviews, for example. You know, we've now got socially distance and ensure mic levels get picked up. Yeah, so
5: you know, I think post match interviews, obviously, like you said, have to be socially distanced. But more, I think what you touched on earlier with the live match tweeting, it's behind closed doors. Um, even down to the fact that we made obviously twelve new sign-ins. We had a squad of twelve, thirteen already, but they're only taking match day squads of sort of sixteen or so as well. So um that's just so you can obviously you can cater for the social distancing on the bench. So that the players that are not involved in a match day squad, their only form of update is through the live tweeting. Um any fans that can't go, any parents of players that can't go, um, external media, you know, you know, everybody's reliant on those those live tweets going out and making sure that they're accurate. And um I think that's probably the the big game changer as such. You know, it's, it's not changed, it's just become more important. Um in terms of a training as well is that you know social distancing apart from when you're actually engaging in physical activity um both at the beginning of training and any breaks uh at the end of training that has to be you know you have to adhere to social distancing um the other day when we played um who i was taking temperature checks at the door making a note of uh people's contact details that's something i've never done before um, just, yeah, everything's changed in terms of my role, if I'm honest. Even down to um, I'm now the <laughs> honorary kit man. I'm taking the kit back. Um, we have to dish it out on a Wednesday training session because the players have to arrive changing their kit for a Sunday. It's, it's, it's a different world, if I'm honest. But, you know, it's something that as a club and, and as us as a media team have adapted to very well, I think.
4: Yeah, I think, look, I think really for me, it's it's just the fact that there's now sort of almost a little bit more pressure on us to make sure that people are getting the information they want. But we're also looking at different avenues. I mean, some people who've been watching the Twitter feed will see that, you know, Alex arranged for the guy to come down and film the game with the drone. And we've put not only the highlights, but actually the full 90 minutes up on YouTube uh, for people to be able to watch um, and see, which is something that I think actually people who don't know the Lionesses or, or general Millwall fans, you know, who might have heard the Lionesses, but don't actually know the quality of football that's there or haven't actually seen the girls play. And so I think we're just trying to sort of open that up and, and give them an idea of, you know, what what the sort of level of football it is and what they can expect to see. Um, you know, it brings challenges, but then hopefully, you know, depending how long this goes on, we might look at a few other ideas. I mean, we've got a few up our sleeves that I haven't even spoken to these two guys about. But, you know, there's things like live streaming games. There's all There's all different sorts of stuff that we will look into but again, we'll only do it if it's if it's top quality. We're not going to just have Alex standing there with his iPhone filming um, and chatting over the top. A because he can't commentate. B because Michael keep interrupting. But also, it's not going to be you know the level Indeed. that we're going to be happy to, to to have as an output. So yeah, it's just I think it's more pressure to get the information out to people uh, than anything. Yeah,
2: excellent. Well, as Tom mentioned there. There was a game this Sunday. Uh, Mill played a London Bees 11. It was a really tight game. It finished 1 all and it was a really strong performance from the Lionesses. Me and Michael spoke to Katie Whitmore, the manager, and goal scorer Abby Dell after the game. And we can hear that
6: now.
0: Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST.
2: So, Casey, third match in, a decent one-all draw with um London Bees 11. First thoughts of how the game went?
6: completely different side out there today you know we saw it in the second half against Biliriki last week uh, when we changed formation how they came out and they looked like they wanted it that little bit more and this week the girls just looked like they wanted it literally from from kickoff and I think it just showed throughout the 90 minutes really
2: yeah lined up with the 5-3-2 yourself at the at as well you were just saying you know you wanted to back yourself with the formation Give them something new. How do, you, how do you think it worked out?
6: Yeah, I definitely should have, you know, the girls said I should have trusted my gut instinct last week of starting that formation as three-five-two, 5 2 And then, so this week we went in with that. Um, and it just showed, you know, it the girls have, have fitted into that formation quite well, quite quickly. They've all got their, obviously, individual roles. But as a team and as units, it just shows that they gel a lot more. And out there today, they all look like they wanted to do it for each other, um, not just as individuals.
2: Yeah and two more pre-season games to go 2 3 and uh you know you're getting an idea of your first choice 11 especially with the new system how players are fitting in
6: yeah definitely you know like what we said we've got them two uh, two more pre-season games for me to try try new things um move the squad around but you know we're learning each week me and nick uh of um where people can play and the, the units that are working well together. So, you know, there's still plenty of time for there to be changes um, and we just learn each week.
2: Yeah, and the uh, London Bees were really well-drilled technical side. It's a, a different sort of challenge from the Biliriki game last week and, you know, probably a different challenge or even get in the league. How do you think the girls did against, you know, a well-drilled side?
6: Yeah, I think definitely, you know, we, we've spoken about the teams that we're playing during pre-season and there was a reason why we decided to play these teams we could have had a quite easy pre-season and not really learnt much. Whereas, like I've said before, you play these hard games to challenge individuals, challenge us as a team, and it allows us to obviously then um, learn and and kind of try and implement new new things each week.
3: Katie, okay, uh, as you said, you could see the togetherness on the pitch today. Everyone wanted to play for the shirt, as we've said in the past. It was a tough game. To um, pick out individuals from the side, who we saw, we fought first half Millie in goal again when she came out. Um, to get down to the uh, attacker's feet was excellent. Lois brought the ball out well, passed well. Abby was excellent up top as, as she has been for the majority of the preseason. Alyssa Miranda was fantastic. The way she was running around, you could hear her talking, getting in good positions. And there were some nice balls she was trying to play through the channels around the back. Is there any other individual... Performances that really stood out to you?
6: Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, it's quite hard to to try and point out individuals when they have all played as a team like they have today. They all really wanted it. They all covered each other when it was needed. You know, the back three showed great, um, you know, unity. um, And like what we've said, Millie in goal, you know, a 16-year-old goalkeeper stepping up to the women's game. I think, you know, each week she seems like she's coming on, which is great. Um, and then obviously, Abby with the goal, you can't really fault it, really.
2: The goal came from a corner, a really, really powerful header. We'll talk to, to Abby in a minute about that. But the set pieces were a threat all game.
1: Yeah.
2: First half and second half, Libby and Shannon putting some really good balls in. Is that something you're going to obviously look to use in the season and yeah. work on?
6: Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, we've got our advantages uh, within the team and it's just making sure that the girls know what they're, how to use them and when to use them. You know, one of the things that we were saying, just attack that ball when when a corner's being taken. Anything on it. And Abs did that. Abs attacked it. And you could see that she attacked it by the way the goal went in, um, which you can't ask for much more, really. No, No,
3: exactly. And do do you think... um, We've we've still got a couple of games left, another couple of challenging games, but do you feel, and without naming names, do you feel that you've seen enough from certain players that, you know, yes, you will be in my starting eleven, yes, you will be in my starting eleven, from a positive point of view? Or do you still think we will be using these last two to really keep looking at everyone.
6: I will always use the last two games to keep, you know, looking at individuals. Toes. Yeah, you know, you, I don't, one thing that I've always said to the girls from coming into post is I don't like complacency. I don't like people that, players that will sit there and think, oh, I've done my job, I'm all right, I'll be in the 11 or, you know, I'll go to training so it's all right. I, complacency is a big negative for me. So I'll continue to look at games the same as when we go into the league. Every game I'm watching, I'm looking, we've got a big squad now, so I'm always looking at players and looking at, you know, how could we change things up or what challenges can we put in place? And, you know, that that's how I think I'll be analysing each match, Brilliant. really.
2: So, Abby, first goal for the How satisfying was that as a header? Well,
6: it was wicked,
7: absolutely buzzing still now. I just can't believe it I just got my head on it, to be fair.
2: Are you are buzzing from the impact. It was on
3: your head. That's why, because <laughs> yeah. it, it, it came in with some force. And and you, you've you've shown through these first pre-season games, even even last week with Billerickie, where scorelines suggest suggested otherwise on paper. But you, you're you're a constant threat up front, and you can see um, you can see things that other players don't seem to um, like. At our level may not be able to see as well, and it's. It's a real sort of string to your bow, if you will. Do you do you feel you've performed well from a personal point of view this preseason so far?
7: Yeah, yeah, I do. Um, I like I've always like from a young age just put 110 percent in, you know, and it's like Katie was saying as well but you know you got to fight for your shirt, and I, I, I always believe in that. So you know, if I go to a new side, that's my aim always to be in there starting eleven.
2: You've come close quite a few times in the the last couple of games. Really, you know, unfortunate not to get a goal before today. Even before the actual goal, the keeper made a really strong save and you couldn't quite get to the, the follow up. Is that a weight of your shoulders getting that first one over the line and do you think it's gonna loosen you up?
7: Yeah, um obviously it was the goal was due, really, to be because you know, I've come here to start a new team. I just that's my job really. So mm.
3: And what, what Kate was just saying there about the complacency, is is it good that you've got this manager who, you know, even if you, 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 you've you had a great game today, you've scored a great goal, um, there was one where you were flagged just offside, but you've hit the bar there, but you still need to be at your absolute best. Mm-hmm. You, it, it, it must be good as a player knowing that, yes, there's there's a chance I'll, that they might not be happy enough as some people take <laughs> it, but also I, I need to constantly be at my absolute best ability and that will, that will help you grow, won't it?
7: Yeah, definitely. You know, like I said, you know, always give the 110% in, you know, plus the squad as well. Like, see, seeing how they was last season and, you you know, coming in, you want to make that effort, and, you know, and, like, for the season to start. So, just, like, get out and just, you mm. know, yeah. win. Yeah, because it's... it's, you know, it's, it's
3: as Katie as Katie said in previous interviews and in other times, you know, it, it could be easy for newer players to, to be quite daunted by coming into a team like Millwall and the results we were getting. So, so it's good that you've really made such an impact so early on. So, is Dulwich Hamlet next week? Are you looking forward to it? Yeah,
7: yeah.
3: Hopefully, I get some more goals then. <laughs> yeah. Achtung, <laughs> Millwall. Okay, so that was uh, Ryan and and I with Katie and Abby and. It, it was a, it was a very very good game. I felt um, it was a good test for the girls. It was a good formation, a uh, three-five-two, and uh, they they passed the ball around well. I found, and I, f- I felt that they weren't overawed, e- even though this was uh, a London Bees eleven, so not strictly the first team, because again, under coronavirus and COVID, you can only really have friendlies against teams in your own divisions um, or within the WSL and the Women's Championship. But. Uh, Alex, you, you were there also, and, and, and as we were saying there, Ryan as well, but it was against a very well-drilled team, wasn't it? It was against the team who obviously, they weren't just like a, a, a Sunday league team, you could tell that they were development players, you could tell that they were coming through an academy style, um, if you want to call it that, and you can tell there's aspirations for them to be first-team players in the women's championship in the future, so... I thought
5: our oh, girls did very, very well, and, and the goal was very well taken. You so say you could tell they were well drilled. Um, the London Beast side, I think, I saw a tweet from from their academy account, or something like the average age of that squad was sort of 17, 16, 17 or so. Um, now, obviously, you have your anomalies to that, but even down to when our strikers or our attack were putting pressure on their back four, they, they were passing it around very, like, very composed for for a young side. Like you say, very well drilled, um, got themselves out of trouble. They they looked. You know it didn't look out of place they sort of performed at a level of some first teams that I've seen. So yeah, it was it was a very good game. Uh very well matched opposition, I think that was I think that was kudos to um, Nick Nick Fowler for organising that. Um it was it was one of those games. I mean the formation looks to be working. I think we, we demonstrated that in the second half against Bill Ricky. You know, it was a it was a large trading score at half time. Um but that second half could have gone either way. I'm sure you'd agree with that as well. Um it's only down to three five two or 5-3-2, or however you look at it, the, that change of formation, that um, I think offered us that little bit more security and, and, and let us use our pace on the counter-attack. Um, so, yeah, against that London B side, the goal was very well taken. It was quite ironic. I said in the, the post-match interview to Katie, I said, oh, it's a very well-rehearsed routine. Um, is that something you've worked on in training? Said, no, not really. So, you know, it's, it's nice to see that the girls are, you know, from a frabby to get a goal, her first goal for the club. Um, despite, and also, you and also that
3: you got mugged off on social media. Me? Yeah, for um, for 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 doing oh, well,
5: well, well, um, well, routine <laughs> training
3: exercise. No, Alex. So it's
5: like, no, what, no, what do you do at training? Well, you know, if, if something like that comes naturally, then fair play. You Can't argue with that, can you? It's just it's one of those things. You've got it or you don't. Clearly, Shannon had that delivery in her locker, and Abby Dell thought she'd uh, rip a hole in the net. Yeah, that was well, great
2: the, the quality of the uh, the quality of the chances created from set pieces throughout the game were really strong. I think. You know Libby and Shannon putting in some really dangerous balls. I think that is something that mm-hmm. Katie will definitely pick up on and work on. I think you know we, we spoke to her after the game, and Sean mentioned it on on the previous podcast about Katie being confident and backing herself, obviously she 's new in the role, her first mm-hmm. job as um, head coach of a, of a team and like you mentioned, changing that system to play her style um, rather than maybe kind of imitating what happened last year to be comfortable for the players really is seeming to have an effect and like you know like both you and, and Michael have said Alex that London B side were really well drilled they you can tell they're in an academy system how they played their their patterns of play passing and uh, close control and it, it was a really good test for the Lionesses you know they're coming up against a side who defended really well as a unit played out really well and you know it was a different test to Ricky where you know there are a, an older squad who have experience and and quality, and now you're playing a younger squad who have the training, and I think that you know that preseason schedule that they've the the girls have had, and obviously the games coming up is going to stand them in a lot of you know good stead for the the season ahead. How how do you think you know this preseason is is going for the for the for the girls in terms of their experience and their preparation? I mean, yeah, so
5: obviously pre-season for me obviously every coach has their own ideas and philosophies but for me a pre-season shouldn't be easy it shouldn't be turning up winning stupid scores to nil it should be difficult you're not going to learn if you don't play a difficult side so you know like you said you've, you've gone for a Ricky, a very physical experienced, world drill side um so then a the London B's 11 where they were you know they had, like you say they had good patterns of play and, and they were very good with the ball so I think it's just a chance to get minutes in the legs after having such a long period of time off. But also, you know, your your best way of learning a new formation is is playing it. So, I think, you know, had a full 90 in that new system. Um, They have Dulwich Hamlet on Sunday. And again, another difficult game um, where they'll they'll be looking to to try and match up with the opposition. But, you know, like you say, it's it's pre-season. It's just one of those things, trying to get minutes in the legs to get back into, uh, you know, like playing. Because um, the the league, the, the like league campaign is fastly approaching.
3: No, it is, and um, I think I found as well with that game that we we we've talked about how you know a lot of this a lot of this schedule is isn't down to results, so we won't we won't go over old grounds and continuously say that. But one thing that I did notice was that it would have been very easy for the girls, especially those who played the first half of the Billericay game, to fall apart you know, to really get their confidence bashed and, you know, really go into this game feeling a bit deflated. But if any of them did, it, it didn't show at all, did it? But they went out with a confidence. They went out looking like they wanted the result. And uh, to be fair, Millie Carter in goal had, had a great first half. The change was made in the second half when we put Larissa in goal. And even though, yes, we conceded that goal, I'll be honest, the way the way she struck the ball with the London bees player, I don't think any of our keepers would have saved that. You know, um, Millie will save that. Larissa wouldn't have saved that. Even even Kelly Webster, she she wouldn't have saved that. But um, but what what I'm trying to say is, is that it it was just a very very well hit strike. So even even Larissa conceding that goal in the game, she can hold her head up. She played well.
4: I think one of Absolutely. the things it comes down to as well is the fact that you know Katie has drilled in from day one. You know, even when I spoke to her. Um, before she even met the girls, she was very adamant that even though we were going to retain the girls from last season, that no one is guaranteed a place. Uh, and her biggest bugbear, her biggest hate, is anyone who is sat there thinking they have a written rule that they're going to start a game or be be in the squad. So, yeah, you can go from the Bideriki game, um, but if you don't put your head down, and you don't work, and you don't come into that next game showing that you deserve to be in the team. Um, and you sort of shrug it off, then then Katie's not going to take that. She's not going to take any nonsense with that. And I think that's the right way to be. You know, yes, the girls did well last season. Yes, the girls should have been promoted. But at the end of the day, we've got to go over and do it all again. There's no good drawing our first couple of games against Stevenage and Hutton, and then, you know, looking around each other and say, well, you know, what on earth have we been doing? Just because, you know, those teams will have strengthened over the summer. Um we've got less in the division next year. There's only another there's only uh seventeens in total. Uh eight, seven, seventeen, I think, yes. Um, Holliston folded. Um so, you know, there isn't that margin for error. So they're gonna have to be on the on the money from day dot and I, I think that's, that's certainly the right way um to be from Katie. And it's something that, you know, when Sean uh, myself and a couple of others from the committee um were looking for a new manager was one of the things that, you know, Katie stood out with Katie, just, just her mentality that it was going to be, um, which, which I think is, is perfect really.
2: Yeah. That mentality definitely comes across in speaking to her. anyone who's watched, you know, Alex's interviews or listened to her when she was on the pod with us, that, that mentality definitely comes across. Um, just want to touch on you both as, you know, Millwall fans as it is, you know, Alex is here in his, in his, uh, Beautiful husky away shirt. Tom has got oh, a great man. collection of uh, the Mill shirts behind him. Two away kits and and the new home kit in the middle there. And Michael, you know, as a, as a big Mill fan, is being I think approached by a Cyberman. So, you know, you you both are are both big Mill fans. How is it? You know, we we've had Katie and Nick on, who are both Mill fans as well in the setup. How is it for you working? You know, being associated and working in the club uh, as as fan. I think look.
4: I think the sort of the thing that hasn't been said, there's the fact that we're all part of the uh, Mill Supporters Club committee. Uh, and that's how we almost, that's how we're allowed to do this role. Um, it's how we got approached initially um, from the old regime um, that we must not speak of. And I think a lot has to go out actually for someone that we haven't mentioned tonight, which is Harry Cooper, which, who really had the passion for the Lionesses. Um, but, you know, and I, I'm happy to hold my hands up that didn't know too too much about them. Uh, before Harry joined the committee. Uh, he was really passionate about uh, the Lionesses and, and sort of promoting them and, and making them more visual to the fans. Um, so, yeah, look, being, being on the sports club committee opens um, a lot of doors in terms of being able to help the fans understand what's what's going on in the club, but also then, you know, as a separate role um, in the in the Lionesses. But it's, it's great. Look, you know, the fact that we are, we technically have control for one of the actual Millwall teams and we get to go and do what we want. We can ring Billy Taylor up and go, can we come and use the den next Friday for a media day? Yeah, absolutely no problem. We've got a free run of the stadium, can go in the dressing room, take videos and whatever that we need. You know, it's a privileged space to be. But I think it's only through the hard work that not only us as the media team have done, but the MSC in general. That relationship that's been built up with the club which you know is derived by some sections of the fan base and some other podcasts but you know it's it's something that enables you know the fans to get more of what they want there's no point of being at odds with the club and haranguing the club at every which way you want and then turning around to them and go oh could we possibly come and use the den yeah it's not going to happen so, you know, where the club have been at fault for things, we will challenge. And where we don't think they've communicated right, we will ask the questions. But equally, when they've done something well, we'll celebrate it and we'll work with them rather than against them. At the end of the day, we support the club. We are supporters. So why would you not support the club and, and you know, celebrate them and, and help out where you can? It just doesn't make
5: sense to me. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just, just mirroring and echoing what Tom said, being being been fans all you want is, is the best for other fans as well no matter what sort of group they are they're coming from whatever walk of life they've had in in supporting you know many people support me for different reasons but um yeah just just trying to make it the best experience for everyone possible really um being involved with the lioness is is, is unreal it's, it's sort of our little project i guess you could say but um yeah as tom mentioned with harry cooper he was, he's a really close friend of mine still um to this day so he's on the i I wouldn't have been involved with Mill Alliances or even the MSC if it wasn't him, if, if I'm 100% honest. So, yeah, um, hats off to him as well, like you say. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's unreal. I'm, I'm not too available on a Saturday. So Mill, you know, the men's first team, is not something I can be too heavily involved with. Um, but my
4: Sundays are free and that's when Mill Alliances play and it, it, it works perfectly for me. Obviously, the elephant in the room here is that Harry was part of part of a uh, an original media outlet that didn't work too well and didn't go down too well before our foray into the Lionesses. If anyone remembers the Greasy Spoon Spoonfellas, um, I know Hoff do, they still talk about them every day. Um, so, yeah, we, we don't always get everything right. Um, that certainly didn't hit the right note with a lot of fans. It did with some. Um, but, yeah, so we're not we're not invincible in that term. So, although, you know, Sir Nick of Heart, he almighty that shall sit above us... Aww. Um, did actually appear on a did actually appear on a Greasy Spoon feathers video. It's on YouTube still. If you want to find it, it's sat on the top deck of a bus. Um, and he was a great sport. So yeah.
6: and
3: um, and just to touch on what the two guys have said there. Firstly, what's what's very important to remember is is that we 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 are hundred percent volunteers. We uh, we we don't get paid to do this. So what what Alex was touching on saying about how we want what's best for the fans, um, we are literally doing this out of the goodness of our heart. And, you know, we do it for the fans, but we also do it for the club as well, because as Thomas said, we are supporters of the yeah. club. Um, and without trying to sound too arrogant whatsoever, I'm just going to speak in the sort of cold light of day, um, when um, there was a bit of indecision on what was happening with the Lionesses uh, last season, we were... Um, approached um in official capacities and unofficial capacities by a number of other teams to to join their media teams or at least act as sort of external um sort of uh consultants if you will and provide things but we we decided to stay um we went down the divisions with the club as well and you know that that that's that shows a sign of our care for the club because if we if we were doing this as a profession or if we had a foot in the door of trying to work in bigger clubs you know we, we rubbed shoulders a couple of years ago with a lot of big teams you know we, we played Arsenal we played Liverpool and United and um, we, we played Tottenham we also got uh, promoted Manchester United as well yeah. um, and and you know we, we did have the, not with those specific teams but there were teams who asked if we wanted to join them and we decided to stay so um, it's all voluntary but but as Tom says we love it right at the beginning of the show we love doing it and we I, I personally wouldn't do it for another club I enjoy it too much yeah.
2: And how do you feel? You know, just hearing each one of you, you know, speak about that, it's very much that that Millwall attitude and ethos of, you know, giving your time and commitment. It's the message that Katie and Nick have both put across that they want to see the players on the pitch. Do you reckon that? You know, I mean, it must clearly do, but I would, I'd want to know how you feel about how that rubs off on the players who aren't Millwall fans or you know don't have much, you know, knowledge or experience of. Millwall as a as a community as a club, how how do you feel it rubs off on them coming into a dressing room and seeing the commitment and the work you guys are putting in?
4: As how how does that affect them as players? Alex is looking at me.
7: Yep. Um,
4: I mean, look, it's difficult because you don't want to big yourself up too much, but you know it must help. Um, it must help to see that we are engaged and we are um, wanting the best for them. I think you know, both all of us have Attended the trials with Nick um, and Katie over the last couple of seasons. It's one of the things we do talk about to the sign ins and say, you know, for right or for wrong, the name Millwall is going to get you attention. Now, that can lead us down to, you know, some difficult paths. You, you know, you get retweeting a photo of a girl in a Millwall shirt and it, it goes into massive news and it's really good for that person. And you get loads of you get loads of attention from it. Um, so thanks for that. Uh but then equally on the other side of things, you know, they can end up in national press um for for doing something that, you know, another if they did it for another side in our division, then you wouldn't get. So I think it's something we talk to the players about when they're when they're gonna sign. You know, it it's gonna get them exposure, it's gonna get, you know, their videos if they score a goal or make a blinding tackle, it's gonna get seen by a lot of people out there scouting, uh, but then equally it comes with a responsibility as well. So I think that rubs often to the seriousness of it. They, they realise they're signing for a serious club. So I think when they come in, they've then got that mentality of, you know, this isn't a joke. I'm here. You know, this isn't something I can just sort of pick up and, and leave if I want to. If I'm going to sign here, it's because I'm going to do this with my utmost, um, you know, commitment. I think that's why you then see what they're like at training and see like they're at the matches because they're not here to just sort of, you know, you know, drop it if they don't fancy it. Um, they realise, you know, what they've got on their shoulders um, playing for, the, you know, the name Millwall Ironesses.
5: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's good to, as Ryan was saying, all of us, you know, all that Millwall that attitude, so to speak, is that even down to, to Katie, Nick, us as a group, you know, we're all there mate and some of them they'll, they'll call you up with with a question you know three four in the afternoon and you say oh, just just at work can i get back to you and they don't realize that they don't do this full time that's how you know not to blow our own trumpets is how good of a job i think we're doing um and to have everyone singing off the same hymn sheet is one of those things where you know we're like the the media police you know we'll be checking people's stories and what they're posting and you, you would have to look through that with a fine tooth comb but now, it's getting to a point now where they, they they know what's expected of them, and and it it helps massively because it's good because now they they know what's expected of them to play for a club with the like you know the name of of Millwall. So, you know, it doesn't matter where you are if you want to be the best, then you got to, you
2: you've got to act like the best, and and on the pitch, off the pitch, that's what we're we're striving to do. Brilliant. Well, that is a I think the perfect note to end it on. Thank you so much to to both of you for coming on. It's been really really good to you know hear about the behind the scenes stuff and. What you both do with the club and I think yeah the fans will really enjoy that. So thank you both for coming on. Um I think Michael we should let them decide amongst themselves who gets to do the bye for now. Bye, job, for, now. Think.
4: bye for now. Bye for now.
2: There we go. <laughs> bye for now from Talker. Alex, let's get you no. one in. Alex, bye for awesome. now. Fantastic. Cheers, listeners. See you next week.